You're listening to the sound of my voice. Hello, everyone. This is Unplugged, episode one. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the cultural biases, the racist biases in the education system. I'm telling you, a lot of the things that are happening with our system needs a lot of tweaks. But in order for us to fully understand, we have to unplug. But before I get all into it, a word from our sponsor. All natural, all beauty, hair, skin, nails, the soul glow. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about NOA Naturals. NOA Naturals. All black, all natural, soft to the touch. You can find it at www.noanaturals.ca. All right, back to the episode. So today I have a guest on my show, Alana Craig, who is a educator. She's an entrepreneur. She brought something that I knew for a very long time. I didn't know how to kind of unpack a lot of stuff that what's happening with our education system dealing with children of color. Most cases it is with black boys. We're going to talk about it and unpack it, unplug it and figure out the solution. So welcome to the show, Alana. Thank you. Welcome. Well, I'm telling you welcome, but thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm really excited yes. to talk about this stuff. It's really so important. I know about you, but our audience doesn't know about you. Okay. So tell tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name's Alana, as D'Angelo said, and I've worked in social work for nine years um, prior to teaching. I worked places like the Boys and Girls Club, mm-hmm. uh, working with underserved, underprivileged youth. I now work for the Toronto District School Board, which I've been doing for the last nine years. I can't believe it's been nine years, but wow. yeah, nine years, a long nine years. And I recently graduated uh, with my master's in education. I got nice. my, parch- my parchment today. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. But I'm really passionate about education and how to bridge the gap between education and our children of color. Before we even get in on, in, mm-hmm. into it, what got you into education? So, well, there's a long line of educators in my family. So my uncle was the principal. My mom taught for a while. Mm-hmm. and But they taught in the West Indies. So, you know, that's very different than teaching mm-hmm. in Canada. Definitely. So I have a couple of friends that are teachers. And it's just always been a passion of mine to be able to educate children. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I didn't have... I probably had one black teacher. Wow. And he stood out so much to me. But that didn't come until probably grade 10. So before that, I really didn't have any black role models as educators. Wow. Right? Yeah. When you think about it, how many black teachers have you had? Come to think about it? Yeah. <laughs> None. Right. Exactly. None. So all the teachers I had, they were white. I never even had an Asian teacher. That's to tell you. Really? Yeah. Never. It's just huge for me for not just black children, but for children of color, right? Mm-hmm. Even the indigenous children to see somebody that looks different, right? Mm-hmm. So they know that this is possible. Mm-hmm. Being a teacher is possible. Being black, being a black educator is possible. Mm-hmm. Being a black principal is possible. Yeah. Being black and in a position of leadership is possible. My first question is, mm-hmm. why is the education system failing black boys? Okay, there's there's so many reasons. Okay, where do we start? First of all, black boys 
as a group, they're so underserved. So when you think about our culture, when you think about the things that black boys have been through, the fact that they're different, the fact that their tenacity is different, their mm-hmm. culture and how they're raised are, is different, that doesn't really coincide with what the educational system deems as submissive or deems as you are able to be a higher kind of leader in education, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where kids are concerned. As black males, they are, their group, they have disproportionate amounts of school failure compared to black females and other races. Black boys have the highest dropout rates. I taught a behavior class and out of five kids, four of those kids were black. There's a high number, high percentage of black boys in, in behavior classes and in resource classes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, like when you were younger, you saw kids going to remedial. Mm-hmm. They, most of those kids are black. So they are overrepresented in spec ed programs, but they are underrepresented in gifted programs. Growing up, think about how many black kids you knew that were going to the gifted program on Mondays. In my school, it was on a Monday. Mm. I didn't know not one kid, not one black child. Mm-hmm. Not that they weren't smart, but it's just that they weren't considered gifted. They also are disproportionately on educational plans and they're streamlined. So that bias is already there from the time they walk into that that educational system. Wow. Okay. There are various achievement barriers that many black boys face. And a lot of those barriers are their culture. Where they grow up, are they in priority neighborhoods? Where do they live? Do they live in middle class neighborhoods? Do they live in what we call the ghetto, right? Like, do they live in underserved priority neighborhoods? Their identity What is society telling them about themselves? Mm -hmm. Even our black girls, right? Mm -hmm. Their beliefs, the peer pressures, right? Depending on where you live. Their achievement notions of masculinity. This is huge. Like what is society and what has your culture told you about masculinity? Is it okay to say Mm -hmm. that you need help? Is it okay that you have fears? True. Right? So all of these are barriers. And if you have those fears, a lot of our black boys don't ask for help. Even if it's in simple math questions. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. Are they going to come to the teacher and say, Miss Craig, I really don't understand. I need help. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to do that. They haven't been raised to, to understand that, that process or to understand what that looks like, right? So those are just like a lot of the barriers which are affecting our boys and their achievement. So then it leads into my next question. Why is there a higher percentage of color girls graduating in comparison to black boys? This this one's huge. Like, I personally believe that growing up in a black family, mm-hmm. if your female black child didn't go to school, it would be like, you're wasting your life. What are you doing? But if your black boy didn't go to school, it was almost like, well, what are you going to do then? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be a construction worker? You automatically think, well, you just need to go get a job and make money. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's a female they kind of streamline you and it's almost like it, it, your pre, it's your predisposition. You're supposed to go to school, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's a cultural thing. And I also think it's how through history, how we're socialized, right? Girls, like you're kind of more educated in your child rearers. Yeah. You stay home and you raise the kids and you teach them how to read. You teach them how to do numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And then the boys are, they go out and they glean the fields. Mm-hmm. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to take care of the cattle. They're supposed to make money. So I feel like our black men or our black boys, especially coming out of high school, the first thing they want to do is make money. Yeah. Going to school for four years is not going to get you that Mercedes you want, right? That's what they're thinking. And it's not going to, yeah. it's not even that it's not going to get you there. It's that it's not going to happen fast enough. They go to, uh, they go other avenues, right? What can I, how can I make money quickly? I believe that based on how our parents 
have kind of socialized us. That has a huge impact on how we kind of perceive education Mm -hmm. and what success is. I do see what you're talking about because I have seen it myself, Mm -hmm. but I know for myself and a few other people that I grew up with, mm-hmm. our, our upbringing was slightly different right. because like my father was always about education. Mm-hmm. He always hounded us uh, about education mm-hmm. and still to this day, he's going out to get his education. Well, that's good. Yeah. He's, he's going for his PhD right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's, it, but, but let's clarify. First yeah. of all, when we talk about education, a lot of people mm-hmm. think, well, I'm successful and I own my own business and yeah. I'm making six figures and I don't have an education. So... Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, we're just talking about in general, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we're not saying that in order for you to be successful, you have to have that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. But what we are saying is there are a lot of opportunities that come with having that piece of paper. Because mm-hmm. God forbid, look at the situation we're in now. We have COVID. Look how many mm-hmm. businesses are going under. Yep. There are a lot of positions that need people that have degree or mm-hmm. a master's, right? Yeah. And who do you think they're going to go to first? The people that have the pe- the piece of paper, yeah. right? So just to clarify that just because you have that piece of paper doesn't mean you're more educated than anybody else. It just mm-hmm. means that it affords you more opportunities. Is there a bias? And if so, why? Okay. So just to just even make it even more clear, everyone has bias. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what race you are, mm-hmm. what gender, what gender you are. Everyone has their bias. I watched a video by Van Jones. He mm-hmm. says, "You may not be racist, but your mind is. You may think you not you don't have bias, but your mind is biased. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter who you are. You already have those implicit biases ingrained in who you are. Mm-hmm. So depending on how you grew up mm-hmm. and your experiences, this is exactly what you're going to see." right? Those, those biases are there. And when I think about, when I talk about teachers and the system in regards to black children, obviously there's the racism, right? Some people are just blatant racists. So they don't like anything that's different. They don't, they can't appreciate anything that's different. That's, that's one set of people. Then you have those people that really, it's just lack of knowledge. People can't appreciate and they always have a fear of what's different or what they don't understand. Yeah. So I appreciate those people that they may be, you know, a different culture. They may be white, right? And I've had a, I have a friend who's white who came to me the other day and said, she, you know, I went to the gym and this girl, she's such a she's such an amazing um you know, person at gym, she's like, she's a great workout partner. And, you know, she has like her natural hair and she's like explaining to me how her hair is when she leaves the gym. And she's like, can you educate me? She's like, can you educate me on black hair and Mm -hmm. how, you know, she's because at the end of the day, we're not different. Yeah, They look at us like we're the other and that we're different, but we're not Mm -hmm. different. We're all different. I could look at you and be like, how the heck does your hair just stay flat like that all the time? But I'm mm. not walking around saying that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate anybody who can come and even though I'm different mm. to them or if, if it's not the same, right? That My hair is different to you, but I'm not different. Yeah. So ask me a question, right? Let me educate you the same way I want you to educate me about your culture because I don't know everything, Yeah. right? And so again, like people, they always have a fear of what's different and I think in some ways, the white culture, the idea of it not being mainstream or the norm mm-hmm. or be placed in that hierarchy, it's like, it's it's threatening to them. I feel like this is exactly where they've placed us yeah. so that, especially in the education system, right? Even with our resources, if, if, if we're obsolete, then it gives them more power, right? Mm. 
Yeah. So that's where a lot of the bias comes from too, yeah, right? Yeah. Just protecting themselves. I did notice that being in the educational system, I noticed that there is a fear of black boys, even black girls too, but more so black boys. Um, teachers fear black boys because they, they look at them like they're not submissive. So the moment a black boy speaks his mind, he doesn't even have to necessarily be disrespectful. To them, you're not compliant. To them, you're not being submissive. So you're trouble. So that they don't like that. <laughs> they don't like anything that kind of rocks the boat. They want mm. you to like, you know, put up and shut up. Right? Mm-hmm. Like be in your place kind of thing. Right? Yeah, it's just yeah, another yeah. way of them politely saying, you know, you're in my class. You really should be going along with what everybody else is saying. But that's not, if a white child goes against the grain, he's considered highly functioning. He's considered... Expressive. Expressive, right? Mm -hmm. He should be in a gifted program. Yep. But if a black boy does that, he's not compliant. He's not agreeable. He's being difficult. Yep. Right? He's a troublemaker. He's a troublemaker. Absolutely. How many times did you get in trouble in school for things you didn't even do? You just showed up and were black. (laughs) And you were like... (laughs) You're like, you're a troublemaker, aren't you? So a lot of teachers, if there's a black student that is very independent, goes against the green and has different answers and is very expressive, it's troubling to them. It makes them uneasy. I've seen it. I watched a video just the other day that talked about It was a study that was done with a bunch of different children and they were doing a test and the white child who got up and walked around during the test, he just needed a break. He was thinking, he was, you know, mulling over the questions and trying to come up with highly functioning answers. But when the black boy did it, he was being disruptive. He wasn't following the rules. So same behaviors, Mm -hmm. different outcome. Wow. Different perspectives, different perceptions, Mm -hmm. right? So that's interesting. Even in stuff like that, you see how teachers evaluate the same behaviors differently based on race. So there are a lot of um, implicit bias, you know, most, especially if you go to a school where there's a lot of students that come from underserved, underprivileged communities, Mm -hmm. automatically the implicit bias is they don't have money. Yeah. The implicit bias is... They're, they come from a single parent home, mm-hmm. right? The mom's probably young. They're probably in a gang. They're probably a f- gang affiliated, right? Mm. And really, I was a young mom mm-hmm. and I'm black. Mm. And I remember taking my daughter to um, her parent teacher interviews and them talking to me like I was an idiot. And I had to school them and let them know I'm not an idiot. And when you talk to them like that and you let them know, I might be young and I might be black, but I'm educated. Not mm. because I have a piece of paper, but because I know my right. I know who I am. And that's important. Mm-hmm. So what is the solution or what are some recommendations for educators as they work to improve the educational system to better serve black students or students of color? History and society has done such a great job of telling black people mm-hmm. who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. If black people only knew mm-hmm. who we really are, The things we could accomplish on Mm -hmm. this earth would be phenomenal. The things we could achieve, Mm -hmm. not just individually, Mm -hmm. but as a community, it would be out of this world. Like it would be insane. You couldn't even fathom it. We live in a world where society and and history has taught us that black is bad, Mm -hmm. right? So it starts there. You know, our parents teaching us the value of who we are as a black Mm -hmm. As a black student, as a black child, as a black father, as a black mother, as a black anything, right? More so now than ever, there there are so many books out there Mm -hmm. that, you know, are kind of 
teaching children, especially black children, the positivity about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like seeing themselves in a positive light. So my hair is not who I am. It's a part of who I am. It's, it's my identity. My hair Mm -hmm. is curly. It's kinky. It's coily. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. It's beautiful. So us instilling those kind of reinforcements as parents and as a household is important so that when they, when we go out in the world and society tries to tell us something different, we know, like, I'm not who you say I am. I know who I am. That's mm-hmm. what's important. Starting there, I think, is, is the, the major piece. Where it comes to the educational system, I personally believe in culturally responsive pedagogy. So another phrase, um, it's also called, or culturally reflective mm-hmm. education. So when you have a group of students in your class, how are you teaching them the the curriculum is the curriculum reflective of who they are if i'm teaching a bunch of black kids i'm not talking to them about you know teach giving them resources with a bunch of white kids in them mm-hmm. right i'm gonna if if aki and saltfish is what you eat for breakfast i'm incorporating that into my lesson i'm mm-hmm. incorporating it right so that there's some sort of connection being made mm-hmm. you know i teach the school that i'm at right now is predominantly so from sri lanka and you know when i'm teaching them i use their culture to, as a hook, right? Because mm-hmm. that's who they are. Why shouldn't they be learning about fruits and animals and things that they know about? Mm-hmm. Why am I teaching them about, you know, Jack Frost from, you know, England who, you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. They can't make that connection. So cultural, r- culturally responsive pedagogy just says, I'm going to teach you, teach you based on who you are. Mm. I'm going to allow you to make those connections and I'm going to allow you to feel like you are a part of what you're being taught as opposed to I'm teaching at you, we're learning together, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's important. These kids need to see themselves reflected in the classroom. They yeah. need to see themselves reflected in the resources, the books that they read, the videos that are shown. Mm-hmm. They need to see themselves represented in the teachers. Who's teaching them, right? Absolutely. Very special thank you to Alana Craig for coming onto the podcast. This is the first episode. And if you're listening for the first time and you haven't followed the podcast on spotify make sure you follow it it's spelled u-n-p-l-g-d unplugged and if you want to know a little bit more about myself you can follow me on instagram d.a-f-t-r-d-r-k and subscribe to my youtube channel a-f-t-r-d-r-k that's where you get to learn a little bit about myself all black everything fashion motivation men stuff all those things So my name is D'Angelo Valentine. Thank you so much for listening. Signing off. Peace.